And because my doctor said at that morning, they said, well, if we can't stop the infection there by doing this amputation, you might lose the entire leg. And I said, well, what's the alternative? And they said, well, if we don't eliminate the infection, you will not be alive in three months. And uh, so it was, it was really traumatic. I mean, it, it, there's just no, no two ways about it. And, and, and I was saying to myself, God, you know, how the hell did this happen? What, you know, you know, this is, this is the 21st century. You know, I, I, I worked in the medical field for almost 20 years. And, and I said, this is really happening to me is what was going through my mind at that point. When to break through the boundaries of average to question the unquestionable is the sign of greatness. It's those moments when you get to the absurd stage that things truly get interesting. Well, the world is in need of a new generation of leaders, leaders who have the courage to break through the boundaries and question everything around them. Well, society is yearning for bold and enthusiastic women and men to provide the necessary leadership that will be required for the next leap forward. The journey to get to the brink can be unpredictable, but knowing you're at the brink, pure genius, my friends. Today, we are on the brink of greatness. You know, when I talk about getting to the brink and getting to the brink of greatness, it takes an enormous amount sometimes of perseverance. This is one of those stories today. I would like you to meet Jim McKay. His background is interesting, is in the technology field. He spent a lot of years uh, out in the Silicon Valley area, as I understand. And then when he moved across country, uh, and his story changed from an event that happened that was completely unexpected one day. Uh, Jim, bring us to the point of this, because it was a trauma, and I want people to hear it from your words, not mine. But there was something that happened on a particular moment of a day. Uh, it was a trauma to your life, and it changed everything. I mean, everything changed overnight. And what happened in the months after that and the year we'll get into and how you persevered and what happened. Bring us to that point. This is the worst possible moment, the, the point of impact. What was it? Well, it was just about a year ago. In fact, uh, October 7th of uh, last year we were um, returning our boat from uh, Panama City area back down to Naples and remember we had the hurricanes going on and we had moved it up there to get it away from the storms and we sailed it back down about a week later and uh, it was dark it was night we were putting it away in the marina and uh, there was a lot of damage uh, in the marina in, in different areas around the Naples area at that time uh, there were no lights, <laughs> which was kind of weird, but pretty much knew our ways or way around it because we've been there for about in the same place for about four years. Mm. So I'm walking back up uh, to the car and uh, stepped on something, didn't know what it was at the time. And when I get up to the car and I'm sitting down there and getting ready to get in the car, I notice uh, there's blood on my uh, right foot and didn't know how bad it was and what had caused it, <laughs> drove home like an idiot, and uh, then took my sneaker off and realized that this was really bad. So it was uh, off to the emergency room at that point. Had sliced my foot from just behind the little toe 
about two-thirds of the way down and pretty deep. And uh, still, at that point, we didn't know what the cause was, but it was kind of severe. So the doctors there, they, you know, the first thing they do, they ask you a thousand questions. How did it happen? And I didn't know. I didn't have a clue at that point. And uh, start the old trauma routine with the IVs and scans and you name it, one thing or another. And by, by that time, I was sort of going into shock, they said, and uh, from it, because I lost, lost, I don't know how much blood I lost, I had no idea. Took me into the OR and did what they had to do, and then they kept me there for the next 24 hours and bandaged it all up and said, okay, you can go home. <laughs> so said, at that oh, point, you can go home. You're talking 24 hours later, and you can actually, you're being dismissed from the hospital now. Yeah, they, they're, you know, saying, okay, this is going to be fine. They sent me home with some antibiotics right. to get from the local pharmacy, and we got those the next day, and I took the medication, and about 20 minutes later, I went into shock. And uh, From what, I, from I was, what, Jim? From what, what was the shock from? From the, from the medication. It was something that my system just totally re- rejected. So you had a reaction to the medication? Yeah, from the antibiotics. <laughs> wow. Because they gave me something that, oh, this, this, this is a broad spectrum. It'll take right. care of whatever you might have. Mm-hmm. So from there, it was uh, the EMTs. We called them and back to the hospital. And uh, when I got there, uh, I was already on oxygen, and they already giving me something, I guess, uh, IV in the, uh, in the wagon on the way over there. Right. So they got me back into the hospital. They kept me there for about the next week because the infection had rapidly spread through my entire foot. How long did that take for that infection to spread, Jim? 48 hours, less than 48 hours. Oh, so this was pretty quick still from the point of impact. Oh, this, okay, yeah. I didn't realize this that, was, okay. Yeah, it was like, I'd gotten home, I was home for one day, wow. took the pills, and I was back to the hospital. Right, so now the infection is spreading in you is what's happening from this problem right. of what you happen. Now, but let's fast forward. This thing now gets, as I understand, to a crisis point. And when I say crisis point, yeah. the infection spreads so bad over a period of time, and we'll talk more about what time, but you got to another real low point, and, and I want to bring the audience right there this moment. And it was a point where you're in the hospital, as I understand it, Jim, and they tell you they've got to take your foot and part of your leg. Is that correct? That's right. It was, it was my Christmas present, so to speak. It was the, I think, 19th or 20th of December. My uh, doctor, who's the wound care specialist, comes into the room right. along with the vascular specialist who has been working on the, uh, the veins and everything in the spread of infection. And the two of them had pretty long faces on. And, um, and I looked at them and I said, okay, what's up? And, uh, well, they said, well, you know, we've been fighting this battle to uh, get, a, get ahead of this infection and stop the spread. And uh, we hate to tell you that uh, the outcome is not good at this point. Oh, boy. And, <laughs> and so I said, what's not good? And they said, well, the alternatives are we take off the rest of your foot except for a stump, which would have been at the ankle, mm-hmm. or we do a mid-calf uh, amputation which will give you the best outcome and at that point my my brain just kind of turned off and i just went uh my wife said i went totally white i mean like like god it was just like my god uh all this from a cut on my foot it was kind of like you know (laughs) Mm. you you just kind of trying to get your breath and and catch yourself at that point and in in realize 
this is this is going to be a life changing event. Well, this and was surreal. This was surreal. You you didn't oh. believe. I'm I'm sure you couldn't believe this was happening to you. Number one, and yeah. and number two, here you are in this this point here, Jim, and and you know all of a sudden they're tell. Did up to that point now, Jim? Did you have any idea whatsoever, anything in your imagination? that you ever thought that you they would be having this conversation? Did it ever dawn on you? They'd be taking your foot and part of your leg. Well, they, I had had five surgeries between the time I was initially admitted to the hospital, and I was back and forth from the hospital to what they call skilled nursing facility. So over a two-month uh, period, you had, it's, we're talking just over two months here, you had about five surgeries. Yeah. Five surgeries, okay. and they were taking off tissue because it was, the infection was very much akin to what they call this uh, 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 flesh-eating bacteria that you would pick up in the Caribbean sometimes mm-hmm. in other places that eats eats and kills the tissue very rapidly and and this was very much related to it but uh, it took a took a little bit longer to kill the tissue uh, the the problem was they kept removing it and first it was my uh, little toe and a slice down the side of my foot and then a little bit more and a little bit more and all, all, all in the uh, hope that they could uh, catch, eliminate the uh, infection mm-hmm. and get ahead of the, the, the material. Uh, so I, I kind of had hints that this wasn't going well. Um, but <laughs> had you prepared time. yourself mentally, though, that they might take had, Up to that point where those doctors came in with a grim look and you knew what was now going to happen and you turned white, your wife said, and... Had you ever really got to that point of thinking that you could lose all this? Had it really dawned on you? I'd thought about it, but never. The reality when they came in that morning was totally okay. blew me away. Yeah. It's the best thing I can say. It, yeah. it just you just no matter how you try to prepare yourself for it, it you're not. You right. cannot. What do you, what does one say to themselves internally when you hear this news coming at you from the medical profession and now you know the inevitableness of what's going to happen next? What happens to you? What's, where's your mind go? Well, the, the first thing I thought of is, my God, this is going to change my life. I have a, 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 a wonderful family and everything. Um, it's just... How is it going to affect everybody? How, not just myself in, in all. And because my doctor said that, that morning, they said, well, if we can't stop the infection there by doing this amputation, you might lose the entire leg. And I said, well, what's the alternative? And they said, well, if we don't eliminate the infection, you will not be alive in three months. And uh, so it was... It was really traumatic. I mean, it, it, there's just no, no two ways about it. And, and, and I was saying to myself, God, you know, how the hell did this happen? What, you know, you know this, is, this is the 21st century. You know, I, I, I worked in the medical field for almost 20 years. And, and I said, this is really happening to me is what was going through my mind at that point. And I'm, I'm a technologist. I'm, I'm, I'm involved in different things. And I said, well... Yeah, there's lots of guys out there that have amputations they, they, or their foot was blown off in the war. Mm-hmm. And you survive and you see them walking and you see them running and everything. So so I had two things going on. The, the trauma and the kind of the, the angst and everything goes on like that. And at the same time saying uh, to myself and my wife, well, you, you're lucky to be alive that, that, uh, that they can fix this. 
well, the two of us, we spent <laughs> spent a lot of the tears together that morning. I mean, it was mm. uh, wow, very you know, really emotional and stuff. And, it's a Christmas you'll never forget, huh? Oh, heck, they want they wanted to do the uh, <laughs> they wanted to do the procedure on the twenty sixth of December, uh, the day after Christmas. Uh, so we could get in. <laughs> it was funny. He said, a lot of people have uh, worked on that week. You can't believe how busy the hospital is because they're trying to get it in before the uh, your deductible runs out for the year. Right. Yeah, this was my <laughs> wife. It's like when she was having her last chemo treatment, I'm thinking, uh, can we do this like before January so it doesn't start over and I have my, you know, maximum? Yeah. And so, yes, people are actually in there doing it all the time, trying to get that deductible yeah. covered because it's and- free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the and the crazy part was, I they they don't like to keep you in in the hospital if they don't have you. They move you to these skilled nursing facilities. Mm-hmm. So um, they moved me back to the skilled nursing facility because uh, we had about ten days uh, to the operation actually to the amputation. And the morning I'm getting ready to go by ambulance from the skilled nursing to the hospital for the procedure get everything together, I'm ready to go, um, ambulance service is there, ready to pick me up and take me. They get a phone call uh, at the uh, administration at the facility saying uh, they're canceling the procedure for the day. And, um, like, I'm, I'm almost out of the room on the way in a wheelchair. Hmm. And they said there's been a terrible trauma multi-vehicle accident and the hospital that I was in uh, – is the trauma center for the region. So any elective surgeries are canceled immediately because they need all the operating rooms and all the people to deal with with the whatever's coming in from the accident. So it was kind of like um, they said, well, we'll call you and let you know when we're going to reschedule it. So here I gone gone through like eight or ten days of angst uh, dealing with that this is going to be happening. I was all ready to face it. And it's put off for another eight days till after New Year's. The the emotional roller coaster was unbelievable during that period. Which which one was it where you realized you had to persevere, and like it doesn't get any worse than this? I I think it was when they told me, and then the day of the actual amputation was. Uh, I've I've never felt fright frightened going into an OR before in my life, and um, that morning I just had this. Uh, fear come over you that this is it's actually happening and there's nothing you can do about it and it's going to change your life forever at this point you know it you're facing it you're facing the totality of it and the finality of it at that moment so that that that's when it was real that it was really real and that that to you was really the low point huh yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you a couple of things here. Uh, I think all listeners are probably wondering here. I want to bring it back to the marina, the dimly lit marina that you talked about. The lights weren't good. You couldn't see well. Yeah. You stepped on something. Do you ever know what you stepped on? Yeah, we went back afterwards, mm-hmm. and uh, not myself, but but my wife and one of my good friends, they went down afterward to see and they talked to the people to marina because there was blood on it. The Some of the docks, the floating docks, had twisted, and, you know, they're connected with steel plates and, and hinges and things like that. And in, in a couple places, the steel plates had actually ripped apart and were standing and exposed. And it's apparently – it's one of those that I stepped on along the edge of the marina, and it just – it was – 
it was sheared and it and they're not very thick but it was almost like a knife blade sticking but up. you're saying you don't even remember because when you get to the car you then yeah. don't even realize until you see the blood that there's a problem so can i was there any pain from the point of impact when that happened to the point all the way through to the car and then later on getting to the hospital was there any pain not not re- i really didn't didn't wow feel much of it you know i it it was it was felt funny and squishy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but that's and, amazing to me that there's no pain at that point. But yeah, by the way, who's it, with you at the marina? Is it you, your wife, and the children, or just you and your wife, or who's just who's... my just myself? And I had two fellows that were sailing oh. back with me from Panama because okay. Panama City is several hundred miles, and we uh, sailed back over a, about a twenty-four hour period. So you're so. with a couple of guys then? Yeah, they had they had taken off, and I was closing up the boat, mm-hmm. and they had. You know, family and places to go, and so I was closing up the boat. And, so they weren't uh, with you when you stepped on it. Then they weren't no, physical. No, okay, was, so you're by yourself then when that happens. Yeah. yeah, I was by myself, and I can't remember exactly what I was carrying, but I. Think but it, it was, was something. Like, uh, you step on this thing, you get to the car. How much yeah. blood was there in the car? I wonder. Was the whole car like full of uh, blood at the, when you said it was a blood no, loss? I, no, I, I guess I can I can thank my Reeboks for that because okay. right. I don't know if they just the the rubber. Pretty much stayed together, I guess. After you know, kind of came back. So I'm guessing what happened is this sounds like Jim. This was about as fluky as could be. Can I mean, was it said to you? I mean, did they ever say back to you later that there was whatever you stepped on? There was something on that. Back to that, the infection. Back to the infection. Yeah, it, it got yeah. inside of you. Whatever was on that was an, was a bad infection, right? I mean, this is kind of right. what happened. I mean, you you look at a marina, and yeah. typically it's seawater, and it's all over the place, mm-hmm. and it bacteria in the water that that's one thing i found out later talking to the the, the wound care people and the right. and the people at the hospital right. they cannot you cannot believe how many people that either vacation and they step on some coral mm-hmm. or they step on some other thing along the beach and uh there's there's so many things that your body is not used to your immune your immune system has no resistance to them right and the number of people that get these uh, terrible infections and stuff is uh Really, it's, it's, it's probably it's, more common than we think, huh? Oh, much, much more. They, yeah. they uh, treat a lot of people in a lot of different places. And the worst part is, is you can get a small puncture wound from or a small scratch from coral. Right. Uh, and and there's these bacterium on the on the corals and stuff that are just attack the body. I mean, it's just which like, is what happened in your case. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you had there, that attack. There must have been some residue or something right. on this. Uh, Talk computer. about luck, man. And then, like the doctor said, if we don't take it from here, and when you said, I picked up on the fact you said earlier, well, this, the best outcome for you is if we do this, and yeah. which is take it from there down rather than down at the ankle because you still take a chance or a risk, then we have to go back in and take the entire leg, right? That's kind of what happened. Absolutely. Yeah. That that was a scenario that they laid out. They said, wow. and and the thing about doing it as uh, an amputation right at the base of the right. ankle right. type thing is, you have there's very little they can do with prosthetics at that point. I, I've learned all about these things wow. in the last year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're better off to have it going from like the knee rather than the ankle. Is that what you're Below saying? Below the knee, uh, really? mid calf is about the best outcome for for walking. I'm walking now, so. Um, 
Unbelievable. So let's, all right, so here's the deal now. So, okay, so you hear the story, people, now. Here's where it gets really interesting. So not only is Jim walking now, and you hear about, okay, now you've got to get into the wor- world of prosthetics, and you've got to get into, like he just said, I mean, okay, I've got to learn all this, right? It's what happens. It's like when you get attacked with a form of cancer or something else in your life. You have to learn everything about that so you can adjust, shape, and get ready for the battle ahead, whatever that's going to be. But this is kind of what life is all about at times. Life is, it's not all, we're not all up at the high level all the time. Life is ups and downs. It's valleys, mm-hmm. it's hills, it's mountains. It's Sometimes it's potholes. Sometimes you drop right through. So what happened in Jim's story is he got to absolutely the absurd moment where he started asking himself all those questions. How come? Am I going to be the right person again? What about my family? And like most men, you think about your kids right away. You think about your wife. You think about the people around you. That's just a person that's unselfish. That's what, me, that's what good men do. We think about the other people around us. You know what I'm talking about out there. That's what happens. So now you're thinking about all of that. And that's the absurd moment of the brink of greatness where you get there. But I got to tell you, the beautiful thing about this here, when you get to the absurd moment of your life, people, whatever it is that's holding you back, and this could be anything. This could be an opportunity. It could be a challenge. It could be a trauma. It could be whatever the life event is, and you know it's going to change everything. It's when you get to the moment and you start asking all those questions. How come? Why me? What if? Should I do that? What happens? Will I be okay? How will people take this? I don't want to be an invalid. What am I going to do with my life? All these questions start to flood your mind. What you do from that point forward, I'm telling you now, is going to determine everything. Absolutely everything is going to be determined how you bring it forward. And the amazing thing about this story today that we share with you is what Jim did, and he is absolutely a brink thinker. And because he took those moments, not only did he not miss a beat, and we have proof of that in evidence, which I'll get into in a moment with you, but he became stronger for it. And I I dare to say, probably even better for it. It's funny how we sometimes go through these life challenges, and it sort of gives us a dose of reality. We learn something in life that is truly, truly different. Let's pause a moment here. We'll bring the story back. This gets interesting for a lot of reasons. The story also gets very personal. We'll explain more about that when we continue with The Brink in just a moment. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. We're out in a marina. Could be you, could be I, right? I mean, could be anybody. 
We're out of the marina. It lights. You can see the lights are not going. They may not be real bright out there. I mean, I get it. And you step on something. You don't think anything of it. Okay, but obviously, in fact, you really don't think anything of it. And in Jim's case, he gets into the car. There's blood there. The blood is in the car. That's when he realizes there's a problem. And because of that incident and that trauma, he loses his foot, his leg, uh, and he struggles with a probably biggest chapter in his life, Kevin. Yeah, I I can't imagine. I I still think. Of him not, it, it, I guess the metal went right through his sneaker, through his Reeboks, and he didn't even realize that he pricked his foot or anything and that it sliced it. And I can imagine going back to the car and then realizing that, you know, here you have blood on your sneaker and you're taking your foot, your shoe off and you're thinking, oh my gosh, what just happened? But Yeah, because he's um, not even barefoot. That's right. He's not even right. barefoot. And, right. And I didn't even think right. about it until he talked right. about his Reebok. I was thinking he would be barefoot because that's typically exactly. you're at, at a beach, but he was actually at a, a probably a marina, and as a result, probably had his, his sneakers on. But you know, the life changing moment of just finding out that you have to lose your leg is just I wouldn't even couldn't even imagine what that yeah, would be like. Yeah. You kind of come through all of that, the trauma. You now have the realization they've got to take not just your foot but part of your leg, best outcome possible. I mean interesting way for the doctors to put it the be- and i it kind of resonates with me jim when they say well this may be the best outcome possible okay well what, what is the best outcome possible right and then they share yeah. that with you but this trauma that went on was everything smooth sailing from that standpoint or what i mean when i and i don't mean to undersell smooth sailing what was what else happened from there to your actual recovery into getting prosthetics well the Next day after the surgery, everybody gathers around me in the room, the doctors and a bunch of other people, the people from the physical therapy unit. And they, uh, and here I have um, just a hospital shorts and stuff on and my legs bandage up. And they haven't looked, haven't o- o- opened the bandage or anything. They don't do that for about three days. And they ask me if I can stand, you know, can I stand up at the side of the bed with holding on to one of those walkers? Mm-hmm. And um, I said, I'll try. And uh, I tried to get up the first time and didn't. And they said, that's okay. And I said, I'm det- I said to myself, I'm determined to do this. So I was able to stand up. And, and the reason for that was they, they have what they call a, an acute rehabilitation program that you have to qualify for. And, and I was determined to get into that. It's kind of like going into basic training. I see. So get into that the next two weeks going along fine everything's healing up looks really good and then they discover a seepage at the suture uh, line and that kind of triggered a series of events that um took the next 10 weeks to resolve and and you're telling me i'm I'm each time that this is going to be the last surgery and i have this visions of of going from below my knee to above the knee. And I told them, I said, well, where is this going to stop? And they frankly said they don't know. And, and at that point, it, I just had this fatalistic image of things because I had come to grips with losing the leg, right. uh, losing the foot, losing half of my leg below the knee, mm-hmm. and having good outcome. And now the doctors are telling you, we don't know what's going on. We don't know how to stop it. And Wow. 
that that was that was like a double whammy to everything that had happened. Well, that's and a moment of panic, is what that is. That's yeah. Th- 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 this was um, had gone from January second when I had the amputation right. to about the I think it was the twenty eighth or 29th of twenty eighth of February. So, how many February. surgeries uh, are you talking here, Jim? From when I first had the first surgery uh, back in October of two thousand seventeen till I left the hospital. Left the hospital for the last time. I had 11 surgeries. 11 surgeries. Now, am I understanding that you're saying that each time they went in to do a little more surgery, they were taking more of your leg? This was, again, progressively moving up the leg again. And, you know, they, they said, not to worry, you still have enough there that you'll be, be able to have a prosthetic. And then I said, well, not if you keep taking off an inch at a time. It's not going to happen. Right. And uh, it it... In that last time, I just, you know, like when they say they don't know what's going on. And um, so so at that that time, uh, because I wasn't getting the answers, I decided I was going to go out and find some people who could get the answers. Mm-hmm. And we we uh, brought in a uh, expert in hematology and blood chemistry from uh, the outside world and from not on the hospital staff. And. Uh, he took some blood samples, did some tests, and within 48 hours, he knew exactly what was going on, and they were able to resolve it. Wow. And I wonder what would have happened had you not done that, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. it's in What he had said when he came in, he says, your body is acting inversely to some of the medications that they hmm. give people. 99% of the world would have no problem with what they're doing. But for some reason, you're antibodies and your body is rejecting those and it's it's instead of dealing with them in a positive way it's fighting it Hmm. and um i guess you know that that's the old adage having been in the industry for years you you test all every drug is tested uh, for hundreds and thousands of patients and then you somebody has an adverse reaction well i turned out to be one of these people that had a terrible end. Well, I got to tell you, Jim, this is one bad thing after the next. This whole deal was. I yeah. mean, it really. I mean, nothing really was going your way, was it? The the good part about it is there were a lot of good people both uh, in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of good people at the, right. re, the the skilled nursing rehabilitation places I was at. Right. And in family and friends and uh, around, and you know that you were you were there. Uh, uh, to, to get you through these things. Right. Have you ever thought about if that specialist had come earlier, if something different would have mm. happened? You know, I I replayed all that through my mind and everything, and it's it's the type of thing is how do you know? I mean, you're running all these tests and everything, mm-hmm. and things look like they're progressing uh, in a positive way. Uh, I'm an analytical person, and it's the way I would have dealt with it. And and you and you do things that are. Uh, what the customary and normal things you would do for 99% of the population. Hmm. And and then you get thrown this oddball case. Hmm. And, yeah. and you were the oddball. Yeah. I was the oddball this time. Well, here's the thing. Um, 
throughout all of this, you know, you, you, I don't know if listeners picked up uh, a point that Jim just said a moment ago. He said, I, that I would know that I was there. Uh, if you picked or listened that up, that's why this story was very personal, because Jim is a producer for, in fact, our number one show on the network, uh, Viewpoint, Viewpoint This Sunday. Uh, what's really amazing is... Um, Jim never missed a beat. Uh, you can't, I can't even put it into context for you all. I mean, we actually started Viewpoint just after this problem happened. Uh, Viewpoint started at the end of October. This trauma, this uh, injury happened at the beginning of October. We were just on the talking stages there of the program, Jim, you know. But here's what's amazing. You never missed a beat. Every week you were there producing and pushing the agenda on that show. So Jim is one of our own here at America Out Loud, clearly, and the work he's done. And which, But he, the thing that just I'm mesmerized with constantly is your outlook is truly amazing. Your outlook and your perseverance, your will to get there. I mean, you really are. Not only were you a good guy before this, but you're a great guy after this because your perseverance, your your willingness to adjust, your understanding of the situation, but your outlook. There's not one time, and I talk to you every week while this was going on, there's this trauma. And I have to tell you, there's not one time I can remember saying, you know, that you were a pain in the ass or that you were over the top so negative or angry or bitchy or you know what you would expect somebody to be to get on there and say what the hell do you want today why don't you you know I don't ever remember that happening it's your mindset it's how you it's how you adapt to things it's how you look at things it's how you internalize them yes but it's the output and how you deal with life and you know Jim you know, life is, it's not one level. I mean, life is up and down for all of us. Life is, you know, you hear me say all the time on the programs, life is meant to be enjoyed. Life is an amazing experiment. Life is a beautiful thing. Life is a gift, Jim. I say all the time, life is a gift. I, it, right? Is, is that not my mantra, Jim, that I say all the That's- time? It is. Yeah. It is. Life is a gift. And the fact that we need to appreciate all of this. And I, I look at it differently. And as a commentator and as a news guy, and it's interesting how one looks at things. But I have to tell you, you have been such an inspiration to so many people and to this platform. And so to do this show today uh, with you is something we had planned to do. I wanted to get to the point where we could tell your story because I didn't know every single detail. I mean, I know what happened. Obviously, I was there. And I know some of the pain that transpired and I just know some of the conversations we had. But I didn't know every detail because I didn't want to pry. And so it was an interesting thing for me today to really dive into this with you, Jim, and really understand what you went through, all those trials and tribulations, and what carried you through to the moment of where we're at today. All right, so here's what I want to do, friends, now. When we come back from this quick pause here now, I've got a special guest to come on with us on the show here. Somebody, if you've listened to America Out Loud, you've heard her voice before and you know her and she's been with us from the beginning. Uh, She's been instrumental in this story for Jim and I. We've kind of become a trifecta uh, with her, Jim, and myself. Uh, I guess, Jim, that's what I'd kind of say to some degree, right? I mean, we've become a powerhouse, I think, uh, a team. Interesting, don't you think? Very much so. It's uh, it's like the A-team, we call it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we really have become. We've done some amazing things. and But your perseverance and how we got through that story is truly amazing. I, I still am 
flabbergasted with it. And I've shared your story with with several dear friends, Jim, and told them about, you know, you're, you're actually I tell them that you're what I want to be when I grow up. Uh, hold that thought right there, friends. We'll be right back with the brink of greatness in just a moment here. Let the silent voices be heard. It's the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.com For a wide spectrum of programming from world and political news, societal and cultural stories, law enforcement, our military heroes, and much more. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right, friends, we are back on the brink of greatness today, and we're talking about this amazing story, Jim McKay. And um, it's a very personal story for a lot of reasons, but it's been one I've been wanting to share with you all and, and really really be able to explore this a little more and understand because one of the most amazing things through this entire story is if we all if any of us are in that situation where you get the news and they're gonna you know you you're gonna lose a limb I mean they're gonna take whatever it is people I mean it could be anything right could be an arm could be a leg could be something else and then there is that then there is the C word there's when that comes up and there are other things that happen in our life that's what I say it's a life is something we need to treat special every day count our blessings but here's Jim McKay through this whole journey he never lost sight of what was important he and and Jim you you really did through all of this trauma and I know because I talk to you every week many times a week in cases because you were a, you were a producer you were uh, you and it were producing this show viewpoint this Sunday our, our big show we're doing it was grown and grown and you were there and now there were times some days and weeks I was wondering if you, that maybe I was saying but well he doesn't make a lot of sense today no 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 I'm kidding <laughs> but you were on medication some of those times right or wrong Jim right you were on psychotropic drugs funny morning sometimes <laughs> you dealt with it well though you dealt with it well but there was another lady as well who was with us through this journey and uh, she was uh, producing with Jim and I, and she's also an on-air talent and is a terrific author and has become a very, very dear friend, and that is Ava Armstrong is here as well with us. And Ava carried, she was kind of carrying some of the load here. I think it's fair to say she's seen what you were going through from a personal side and from a professional side. Ava, what do you think, the, in your mindset, was the most challenging time uh, that through this whole journey for Jim and what beca- what became of that? Oh, the day that he told me that he was having the amputation, um, that was an extremely serious moment. And I think we both were quiet for a few minutes. And then I said to him, well, it's only, you know, part of your leg. I mean, I guess the first thing you think about is you try to make something positive out of something negative. And Jim kind of said back to me, you're right. He said, you know, I can do this. And his attitude was so positive. It just, it just blew me away. I mean, you know, it was one thing after another, this poor guy. I mean, it was bad news, bad news, bad news. And it just seemed like it, even after the surgery, it didn't stop. So what you tried to do is you tried to get him to put it in perspective then, right? 
Well, that's always kind of my attitude for things like this. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I know if I had a good friend and I was in that predicament, mm-hmm. I would want them to encourage me. I would want them to support me and be positive. And I mean, there were many times Jim and I both have a very strange sense of humor. We have a very dark humor sometimes. And, and <laughs> we both we both ended up, you know, laughing at, at some things yeah. for being so so bizarre. I mean, he actually self-diagnosed you know, with the with the blood disorder thing. I mean, Jim is a brilliant, brilliant guy. Yeah. And, you know, that I don't want that to get lost in this interview because he is incredibly intelligent. And he knew medical things that some of the physicians treating him were really not aware of. Hmm. So, and there were lots of times he and I would talk on the phone and we would eliminate that. That's what medicine is. It's the process of elimination. And Jim it. and I would actually go analytical. And Jim would say, you know, they did this. And, you know, we finally kept eliminating things. And, and finally, we just got to the point where, well, what are the medications they're giving you, you know? Mm-hmm. And we went, you know, down through everything. And, and that's really how Jim got to the bottom of it. I, I just remember day to day, week to week. I remember when I heard the news, Ava, like you just said. It was like, no way. That's not happening. For what? Because of that? I mean, it was shocking. It was complete shock, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had a pit in my stomach. I wanted to cry. I couldn't cry on the phone with him because I wanted to be his shoulder. And, you know, I had to just say something crazy back, like, you know, yeah. You know, they can take part of your leg off and you're going to make it, you know. Yeah. And he having that positive attitude, though, I mean, he's just so he's so more positive than I ever thought of being. Mm. I always thought I was until I met him. But um, he just he sees that glass half right, full all right, the time. Right. Well, you know, Jim, in some ways you have sort of a what I have discovered over time is you have sort of that nervous laugh, you know. And you'll use that nervous laugh to camouflage the fear, don't you think? Yes, it's, uh, you know, you always try to put on a happy face, so to speak. And, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in a situation uh, where I became the head of the family at a very early age and uh, had to stand up and take over things. Uh, and when you're in, put into that situation, um, you, as everybody said, you man up and you just deal with it and the emotions have to be dealt with in a different place in a different light what is it jim through all those weeks let's talk about all of the time that went by because this went on for months and months and months and months because this went on for a long time yeah. in the hospital in the rehab in the hospital in the rehab back and forth everything that was going on as you say more surgeries in between the surgeries, we'd be on the phone talking about viewpoint and the, the agenda and the script and what are we doing and who are we going to have on and what's happening. How did you keep the outlook that you had? Because, again, all of this life trauma is going on all around you. It is like London bridges are falling down absolutely everywhere. Okay? I mean, it's happening yep. all around you. And yet, you never gave up. Why? Well, you have a lot of things in life uh there for you and in that you enjoy uh my family they they're wonderful uh there's there's no way that i would i ever thought of the possibility of leaving them behind and without me and and i get so much joy and so much love from them it's uh 
Uh, you, you just don't, you just don't, you just say to yourself, I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to let it happen. And we have to uh, be there. Um, Jim, how old are your kids? How old are the two children? Yeah, the, 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 uh, my daughter is four and a half. The twins are three and a half. Got it. Yeah. So young, 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 young. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, but, but the the whole thing is you set your mind the fact that you were going to succeed. I, I wonder, I also wondered along the way here, as we were doing Viewpoint for all that time, uh, I assume it was sort of like, I guess in kind of a warped way, Jim, it was sort of like another form of rehabilitation, yeah? <laughs> it, You know, you're sitting there in a hospital bed and you have a TV uh, screen with, I don't know, the daytime TV is a vast wasteland, by the way. <laughs> and and yeah. and sometimes in the rehab center, I would have a roommate who was uh, couldn't speak; they didn't have a stroke or anything, so you didn't have people to talk to. And you have nurses coming and going, and different people coming and going, and and you you get to the point where you relish that opportunity to get down to the gym and work out for an hour or or more. Wow. Wow. Well, you were going stir crazy. Other than that, you go stir crazy, oh. right? Well, yeah, and you know they say the worst place to uh, do any rehabilitation is in the hospital or rehab center because right. they're always taking your vital signs, and it's noisy, and there's so much going on, mm-hmm. uh, and you you have to find some something to do with yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I start I always read a lot. I've I've read all of Ava's books, by the way. Wow, <laughs> wonderful author. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of the great things about being involved with the show mm-hmm. is I had my la- I had you know the little trays they on the wheels they put over the bed. Yeah. Well, I had I had one for my medications and meals, and I had one with my what I called my office, my laptop. My <laughs> I love it. Everything. I love it. <laughs> you should have so, a photograph of that. You got a photograph of that with the office yeah, there? You should, I'd yeah. I'd love to see the photograph. I, I sent you guys one one time. I I was away from home for from October seventh. Till uh, never forget it. It was St. Patrick's Day this year, and then I came home finally. And so about uh, six so, months, Jim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, about six, six months. months. Yeah. And and you try to find things to do, but the beautiful thing about being involved with the show is, three o'clock in the morning, if I was awake, I would turn my light on, and I could be doing research and and keeping myself, you know, right. occupied, engaged, if you, engaged. If, if you yeah. lay there in yeah. bed. All these bizarre thoughts go through right. your head. Well, again, it, it was it was a mindset, Jim. It was your mindset, and it's what you 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 told yourself how you were going to get there and what you were going to do, and you convinced yourself of that, and you were able to execute on that, which is amazing. And by the way, to tell folks right now, the show we launched that Ava and Jim have been producing over the last year and have been a, just a tremendous part of uh, Viewpoint this Sunday, this weekend, it, right now, is celebrating one year. As you listen to this show, depending if you listen to it on podcast or talk radio, but as it plays right now on talk radio at thebrinkofgreatness.com site, it is uh, one year anniversary for Viewpoint this Sunday, our anniversary, and which is uh, an amazing tribute and a really interesting time, we thought, to bring this story to life and to tell you about it. What are, what's the best advice, Jim, you would give folks that have to go through some life trauma, incident, event, situation that happens? How do they get the biggest impact? How do they get to the other side? How do they make the leap forward, Jim? For, for me, it was family and friends. And my own family, Ava was very, very... Uh, 
important through this process because we we sometimes would get on the phone and we talk for hours. It was, <laughs> <laughs> and we'd start off talking about the show, then we talk about politics, and then we talk about what's going on in our lives, and we've we've become very very close friends during that this last year, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I, I think that's you, you realize what's important to your life, and it's people. It's not the things. That's I right. mean, uh, you you cannot substitute a new car or uh, an airplane or anything, no matter how much money you have, for for the people. And the people are what's important. And when you realize that, um, you put them first. And when you put other people first, and they're in your life, and they do the same. Then you have this positive outlook. You're going to get through this because you want to. You really want to do it. You want to get to that end point. You want to get beyond where you are to a better place. Thank you for saying that. That is so well said. When you talk about people, I'm, uh, let that resonate with all of you out there that people should always be put first, uh, friends. I mean, that's the way it should be. That's the that's the impact of life, really. And the fact that you say that, Jim, uh, to say that's what really matters is is people. Ava, what do you see as best advice now to folks when you're in that pivotal moment of the trauma that has hit one's life, something that you know is going to change your life forever. And how do you weather the storm and how do you succeed at it? What's, how do you do it? What's the advice? I think you just talk about things. I know that uh, Jim and I had some very deep conversations, you know, conversations about belief in God and, you know, conversations about family and all those connections. But I also had conversations with him that were difficult. Um, I'm sure they were very difficult for him. And I know when he first had his um, operation and had part of his leg removed, I remember him talking about it. And I wanted him to send me a picture of it, okay? And I didn't want to sound, you know, morbid or, you know, horrible. But I said, you know, just when you get a chance, just take a picture of it and send it to me. And so while we were talking, he did. And it was, it looked fine. And I mean, I, you know, I think we had to discuss that kind of head on. You know what I mean? It was like, that was kind of the elephant in the room when Mm. we were on the phone talking politics and religion and everything else. And it's like, hey, let me take a look at that leg, you know? Mm. And from there on, it seemed like, I don't know, it, it seemed like it wasn't so scary anymore. You know, we were actually talking about that. So... I, I sort of became Jiminy Cricket, I think, in a sense, you know, to him, because, you know, I would, I, I know he would call me all different times, day and night, and, you know, I always would say something crazy or funny or, you know, or serious. Sometimes he was, he was near tears when he would call me. There's one night in particular that I remember so well, and that's the night he got to leave the hospital briefly to go see a Star Wars movie. (laughs) And this guy was so excited. He was all ready to go so early ahead of time. And he's like a little kid, you know. And it was just so funny. I mean, I I was so excited for him to go see the Star Wars movie, you know. I mean, that sounds silly, but we, you know, I'll never forget that night, you know. Yeah, I remember that happening, Ava. I recall the Star Wars movie is, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, it was interesting. Uh, I love everything you say there, Ava. is is really fantastic. Um, 
and pulling down for more strength. Uh, Jim says pulling into the family, knowing that people are important. But what you're saying is facing the reality of a situation. So what I get from all of that, instead of running from the reality of the situation, you had to address and look at the monster in the room. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting to me because instead of running from the problem, I think too many people run from the problem instead of addressing it. We're all guilty of this at one time or another, people. So I think there's some other lessons here is what I'm suggesting to you. Um, Kevin, when you now you hear this story here with uh, I, I, what's your opinion as far as your best advice to people um, when you hear this all? Um, what's the big takeaway? How do we, how does this help somebody else that's going to go through a life trauma like this, Kev, in your opinion? Although it might seem like, you know, your world is crumbling around you. You know, you're only looking at the, this, the bad side and there's so much ahead and so much in your life. So when Jim talks about his family and, and that was his focus, he thought of how lucky he was that it was, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't more than a leg that he had his family to be around him, to love him, to care. And I think that's the takeaway. If you have that loving family or people who care about you, you can really get through anything. But I'm telling you, it's the person themselves who are going through that crisis that makes it easier for the rest of us. I mean, my wife, I know I talk about it, pancreatic cancer. She always thanks me for helping, but it was always her that made it easy because she always was positive. She knew that the outcome would be just be be positive. It didn't matter the situation. She's like, why worry about it? You can't do anything about it. Let's just deal with it and move on. And and I'm just here. I, I, she thought of it as a blessing, you know, that it happened. So I, I'm really honored to have Jim on the show and yeah. talking about his wonderful experience that he had and how he kind of got through it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a journey for sure, Jim. Uh, it's uh, again, you are remarkable in the way you've handled the whole story all the way through. And I remember there every week and every uh, many times a week that we were producing that show. Uh, Viewpoint had become very special. Remember when we started, Jim? I said to you there were times when my schedule wasn't going to allow me to even continue hosting, and it was like, remember we talked about that? You know, it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know if I can continue this, but you know, the show became very special. It became very much a unit of something unique that we were doing. We were bringing truth out to people, and we felt it was a, it was a noble cause, and we were going to stay with it, right? You know, that's that's true. In in the three of us, you and uh, Ava and myself, yeah. Uh, Ava and I talked about you quite a bit because we knew how much the show meant to you, mm. that wow. the the importance of it, mm. and and we took that on also. It's yeah. it's not a challenge. It's to to put it out every every week, right. and it's something that we've we've become. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we we rely on each other to help out if yeah. somebody has to go take care of something one day or one morning. Uh, we we fill in, we pick up each other uh, throughout the week on it, and it's and it's and it's great. It's a great experience to do this. It is. It is. You uh, you know you all. I, I want to tell you, you are amazing people. I I can't put it any other way. But Jim McKay and 
Ava Armstrong and, and, and our partner here, Kevin Williams, you all are truly, truly amazing, amazing people. You have to know that. Amazing human beings. Uh, your outlook, your, your whole mindset, how you are, just everything about you. It's just fantastic. And it's so wonderful to have you here on this program and to be able to do the kind of things we're doing. You know, it's, it's an incredible gift, the entire platform is, I tell you. And the people we meet along the journey of life and the people we meet through, you never know. You know, you've got to remember people this too, please. Remember this. You never know what's going to be behind the next door, what's behind it. Remember to open up the next door as well in your life. And I'm talking about even people in relationships on social media and sometimes some very special people you're going to meet along the journey here. And you know, know this as well. There are sometimes God puts people in our lives that we're supposed to meet, and we don't know it at the time, but we're supposed to meet them. And I find that's happened to me a great deal. I mean, I've had a lot of those uh, that has happened in my life, a lot of those people. And I look at them as pebbles of opportunities and unique people that are supposed to be with you for the journey through. The story of Jim McKay, I think, is a remarkable story. And the fact that I had any little piece of that through that and his perseverance and commitment and never quitting. He never, ever quit. He never complained to me. He never, never complained to me. He never got a hold and said to me, you know, this all is the worst. I can't do that. Never did I hear those words. He persevered. He pulled through. He did everything he had to do to get to the other side. He is absolutely a brain thinker and, an, and just a privilege to have him here on this show. I've been looking to birth this Brink of Greatness show for some years now. It's an amazing uh, platform that we are doing here at Brink of Greatness. And there's a lot that's going to happen with this. A lot of things are going to happen ahead, people. And a lot of people are going to be involved in this. We're just starting here with all the unique things. I mean, this show you hear now plays Saturday and Sunday. 9 a.m. is the newest episode you'll hear every week on the weekends. 9 a.m., brand new episode every week. Goes to podcast on Mondays. So we call it Podcast Mondays. And that's when you can hear it as well, on demand, at your at your leisure, as, as you like. Uh, but thank you. Get the word out there about all these people. Uh, this is the good stuff of life. This is the brink of greatness. It's full of great stories. Go there, dip your feet in, dip your whole body into those stories. See the people that are doing cool things. Whatever it is, it's all kinds of interesting things on this platform you're going to find on the brink of greatness. And friends, we're going to continue on forward here bringing these awesome stories to you. We're going to impact people. We're going to impact humanity. And we're going to do it in great big ways. So thank you again for being part of this. And, and, And just grab onto something here, people. Grab onto some life lessons. Do something for yourself with your life. Do something that's powerful. And remember, the brink of greatness can only happen when you're willing to push through the boundaries and the limitations that are holding you back. What's holding you back, friends? Remember to take the next leap forward.